Hello everybody, welcome to the Daily Banter's Meaning of Life podcast. We're on episode 7 today, I'm sitting here with Vaz Ken. And today we're going to be talking about um, self-respect, which um, is quite an open-ended topic I think, but it's one we both decided on because we felt that it was, uh, oh, it could be an interesting one, there's a lot of interesting avenues to right. discuss here. Yeah. <clears throat> um, so I think we'd start by, Vaz Ken, what does self-respect mean to you? What what is that? What is that kind of when you when you when I say to you, self respect? Yeah. Know, what does that mean to you? I, I think it's um, I can't help but think of a lot of um, kind of like self help material and um, videos that we used to they used to make us watch in elementary school about self esteem, sticking up for yourself. Um, and I think those are the associations that immediately come to mind. It's just kind of corny, um, you know, grade school. So what, what? So what was the kind of thing? We didn't have any of that stuff in England. There was none of that stuff in, um, about self-respect and self-esteem. There were not concepts that I was really very familiar with. I've got to be honest with you. Till I kind of came to America, the uh-huh. concepts themselves. Like yeah. when you start talking about like self-respect, self-esteem. I'm sure though people talked about it in England, but England's a very much, or Britain in general is a very much kind of stiff upper lip. Yeah, you know, we don't really discuss our emotions or feelings or anything like that, but Americans love to talk about their feelings and emotions. And I think that's a relatively recent phenomenon. It's a good thing yeah. in, in 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 to an extent, I think. I think it's 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 a it's a recent thing. Um and I think I I totally I I understand and I get it. I think that it is a distinctly American phenomenon. Um and so I I think that what it is is or perhaps why you don't see it in many other places or cultures is because there is more of an emphasis in America of a self-assertion because you have that canvas to work with and perhaps in other cultures, you know, you're sometimes subordinate to... A, co- a larger culture yeah, or a larger culture. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, that makes, that makes a lot of sense. So these, these videos on self-esteem, mm-hmm. <clears throat> what would be this, you know, how are you supposed to build self-esteem? What was the... Um, it's been a while, but I I remember them being corny, like all videos that you're supposed to watch that teach you a lesson in school are, um, you know, fuzzy kind of grainy footage, probably made in the seventies. Um, I think that it was, it was, it was about sticking up for yourself and just not tolerating, um, you know, any violation of personhood essentially. So people who trample your feelings or, you know, in a physical sense who, who, you know, violate boundaries, Mm. um, emotional, otherwise. Interesting. So would you say that those, those videos you saw had any impact? Did it help at all? Or was it just kind of, no, I, I, cause I think, yeah, I, well, I think it's okay. So I think, you know, like all these videos, like there's a limit to what they're going to, you know, you can't like bike safety. I remember the bike safety video too. Like yeah. those, like those types of videos. Like you don't learn bike safety purely from a video. You'd learn it from riding you know, a bike safely and smartly. Yeah. yeah. And, but the videos at least like clue you into, Hey, this is an issue. Like, and you learn a few things. So I think similarly, it gave me words to attach to certain concepts like self esteem, mm. you know, like crossing boundaries, all those kinds of, you, you learn those kind of concepts, but really I think the process of your life maturation is the playground for which you, draw those concepts out and, you know, test them in your own life. And I have to always regularly check in if you're still living to that ideal or not. Hmm. So, <clears throat> because, I mean, self-esteem to, to me, um, as I've grown older, 
it, it strikes me that it's kind of the probably the most important thing that you can have. It's the most important tool that you can have or that you can develop over time is is a sense of self esteem. You know, because if you don't have, I mean, self esteem or self respect is is something that kind of it's kind of like a base. Um, what's the word? Uh, it's like a it's something that defines you. That if you have a lot of self esteem. It basically means that, you know, where you put that person into any situation and no matter what happens to them, they're going to be able to kind of bounce back. They're going to be able to kind of, you know, because they have self-respect, they'll say, okay, well, I failed this time. I'm going to get back up and try again. Or, you know, I got rejected, you know, by this girl or this guy that I like. You know, is that going to destroy me or does that make me, you know, what is that going to do? If I have self-respect, if I have, you know, self-esteem, it means I can kind of, get back out there and not take it too personally, you know? And I yeah. think that <clears throat> that, as I've grown older, I've sort of seen that um, to be one of the most kind of important factors. And I've noticed the difference in people's lives, people who have lack of self-respect. I think maybe self-esteem might be a better word because, you know, lack of self-respect, um, perhaps, you know, the, the connotation there is that you know they they don't regard themselves at all they have no res- like they have no respect for themselves i think self esteem might be a slightly better word yeah. it's a bit of a, gen- a gentler way of of kind of saying the same thing right no i think i think they both are different ways of getting at the same thing and 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 to your point it's like it's in my view it's developing the core of who you are knowing mm. who you are mm. developing the core of who you are not apologizing for who you are mm. and then further um Knowing the core of who you are, to your point of, you know, then you bounce back from life's slings and arrows and is is essentially, you know, once you develop that core or the the being aware and the ongoing process of developing the core, mm. it's it's about being able to bounce back from hardships and, and difficulties. And also, I would say, on the flip side, not getting too worked up or enmeshed in kind of the exuberance when things are going right. So in other words, it's an, it's an almost a non-attachment to mm. your true self from your exterior conditions, mm. either good or bad. Mm. That whatever happens, yeah, it goes back to that kind of Zen principle. That That's kind right, of yeah. Buddhist, Buddhist philosophy. Of or like, Stoic. Or, yeah, yeah right, right, right. Or, yeah, yeah. So you, there is you, you, you yourself, your core is kind of the same regardless of the situation. Yes, that at, regardless of what people can do to you that there is something that is um it unex, unex, unextinguishable mm. that, that at the core that regardless even if your material self is extinguished or otherwise that that there is um you know there are people who unfortunately um are incarcerated and and sometimes you but they they could it's it's a horrible circumstance but but are able to maintain a mental freedom even when everything's been kind that, of that's right. taken away from them. Yeah. Yeah, uh, that, 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 I think that's, extri- that's very, very true. And I mean, I, I, I've defer- I believe that <clears throat> adversity is one of the best ways of developing that self-esteem um, and, and, and challenging yourself to kind of get better and be better. Uh, uh, not necessarily better, but, but, cu- but coming back. You know, being able to bounce back from stuff. There's a saying in, in boxing, they say, like, it's not it's not how you win, it's how you come back. 
Oh, that, absolutely. That I think defines yeah. a cha- that defines a true champion. I mean, if you want to go to, I mean, you know, Joseph Campbell talked a lot about the the hero's journey, mm. and a necessary part of the hero's journey is to that time of trials. Mm. And um, there's a terminology he uses. I, f- I forget what it's called, but there's a period where things go very bad, actually, mm. and all is taken. You know, oftentimes in the great myths, you see stories and of home being taken away, family being taken away, whole whole civilizations wiped away. But the hero endures, passes through the trials, mm. and that's a necessary. That fire is the necessary forging of the iron. Like without the fire of a, of a, of a warrior. Yes. Yeah. That's right. And then comes back full circle to mm. the place that they started from. Mm. A, a change, you know, changed anew and, and ready to bring something else. You know, be it wisdom or. So yeah, I I think that um, the sort of the concept of of a warrior uh, has become like for me at least it's become a lot more uh, meaningful to me the concept of a warrior and viewing oneself as a warrior, even if you're not you know a fighter or or, or anything like that if you're not kind of you know I don't know engaged in like physically demanding sports or anything like that. Just viewing yourself as a warrior in this lot in in life, you know that 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 you um, you try to embody the spirit of a warrior, you know that you overcome adversity and you come back from it, and that's kind of like a self perception thing, you know. If you have this perception of yourself that you kind of like, you know, you know, I'm a warrior, I'll come back from this, I'll be fine, you know. Um, that has become more and more helpful to me, you know, through challenges and whatnot, and you know. Um, because of those challenges, I like I, I try to now view everything in the lens of like, yeah, that was difficult, but you know, I'm a warrior. I'm going to get through that, and uh, that's fine. You know? Right. Um, and then also, you know, perhaps trying to kind of instill that in other people. You know, you know, we teach. I teach martial arts. You know, so yeah. so that's kind of what I would always try to impart to my students. Would be like, look, you have to kind of be able to handle pressure, be able to handle things, and that's as opposed to like learning a load of techniques and learning a load of forms and that kind of stuff, like the mental training, the mental aspect of it, of adapting and overcoming and putting yourself in difficult situations and then coming back from those difficult situations has been, at least for me, it's been an extremely sort of worthwhile or extremely kind of useful way of just dealing with the shit that <laughs> that, that kind of comes at you, you know? Um, so I think that, you know, perhaps if, 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 I think in our society there's quite a lack of uh, people don't really view that like the whole you know, anything ch- ch- like physically challenging or mentally challenging yeah. we're a comfort first society that's you know? true I, I would agree with that the one thing I would amend with what you're saying is that perhaps it might be misinterpreted is that from from being that, that sense of a, of a warrior archetype or mindset or, or you know that, psych- that psychology I think sh- we should make a distinction between a, a kind of toxic masculinity of over-exaggerated machismo, which is more underdeveloped and more kind of akin to a child mm. than the mature, wise, you know, trial-hardened warrior who mm. has faced ad- adversity and perhaps knows when to engage and disengage. Yeah, yeah I, I think that's right. I mean, it's like, you know... The, Again, I, I, I'm not really a huge fan of the kind of Tony Robbins model, 
of of everything is you know what I mean. You have to kind of succeed and achieve, and it's not necessarily just about succeeding and achieving. It's about developing a mindset that helps you overcome just everyday life. Yeah, I would agree with the fact that we definitely. It's funny because I think that there's two, there's two two kind of currents actually. I think one is a absolute rejection of the psychology you're talking about of mm. chasing after comfort, um, rejecting adversity, not really trusting in. Um, really the the you know that hero's journey essentially that you know sometimes you may have to go through difficulty to to find your true self and, and there so there's a rejection of that on one hand and it's in our kind of consumption over you know consumption of and uh, exaggeration of comfort and mm. ease and then on the other hand we have this like over exaggerated bad shadow image of the warrior as a as just a kind of bully basically like a, a hyper aggressive you know, go out there and take it, get rich or die trying, whether you're mm. on Wall Street or on the street, you know, kind of exaggerated, you know, unbridled consumer Ma- capitalist, everybody in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. testosterone field. And that's, I kind of look at, um, I kind of look at CrossFit as the embodiment of that in the fitness industry, you know, like CrossFit is this kind of hyped up, um, ultra, um, success orientated, um, <clears throat> you know, smash your body into pieces and 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 get um, meaning through these like grueling physicality. But why physical... is that a bad thing? I'm not saying it's it's a bad thing, but it's not the only thing. Oh, I see what you're saying. It, you're it, saying that's a manifestation, but I would say it's a healthy one. I would say like you do you to do... a degree to, like... to to a degree, but but if like say you know, the amount of people who I know who've been injured, you know, mm-hmm. like almost permanently injured from from excessive um exercise from exercise that's that takes this kind of mantra of of like harder and more intense is better all the time you know that <clears throat> that that stuff has has a you know can come back and, and bite you in the arse you know it, it, it can be really detrimental to your health that's in the long true. term but i'll tell you you could you could find the same thing in you know soul cycle you could find the same thing oh, yeah. in yeah, yeah. brazilian jiu jitsu mm-hmm. you could find it in you know, any 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 sport, yeah, any any kind of activity that requires, like if you look at the marketing in, in a lot of the fitness industry, it is the you see it's like shredded abs and, sh- and like <laughs> buff right. arms, and yeah. it's like a sort of a purification through um, through kind of physical torture almost. Right, you know, you're yeah. like purifying the soul or whatever it is through. Yeah, yeah. And I, <clears throat> the people who get into that stuff. I've seen it. I mean, I'm in the business myself. Right. I see it's usually 30-something professionals who, you know, work in an office all day and they come to purify themselves at night, you know, or during lunch break, you know, purify themselves through, like, grinding out and sweating. And you, the, the instructors have become... The instructors now, fitness instructor these days has become, like... It's like a cult of personality. So how much do you think that's tied to people not having understanding when they've arrived like in other words rite of passage like like maybe people don't have maybe people are looking for that they're looking for like what's the thing that's going to make me have arrived or achieve my true self or give me an understanding of who i am you know yeah i mean it seems to me that through these activities you you probably will get a sense of accomplishment and, and that kind of stuff but the problem is, is that when you fall off, as we discussed in the last episode, you know, falling off the wagon, mm-hmm. when you fall off the wagon, when you're not, you know, able to go and like pound out, uh, you know, 
get the hammer and smash a tire up and do you know hundred pull ups in a row and all that kind of stuff. When you're not able to do that, what that but what that can that can be quite crippling, kind of psychologically speaking. Oh sure, because the self you're crafting is quite brittle. Yes, you, you run yeah. right, and again, again, yeah. that's the. I think that's where you have to be careful when you're building self-esteem or self-respect. It's like, you know, um, if you go too far down that, down that route, down that kind of. I saw this um, in in Krav Maga. I used to teach uh, Krav Maga, which is the an Israeli martial art for the military, and um, you know, it was a similar kind of concept. It was you you sort of um, a lot of act. A lot of people in the a lot of actresses and actors would do Krav Maga, and uh, a lot of kind of people celebrities would do Krav Maga, uh, and it was a big sort of fitness fad, and <clears throat> you have all these you know famous people going and getting the crap kicked out of them, or you know beating the hell out of a bag and learning how to really like you know harm someone with these pretty devastating self defense techniques, which what you know I went through the training, the instructor training, and it was brutal. But the mindset was, it was that mindset of like, you know, ultra sort of violence, you know, yeah. ultra violence. And, and yeah, they, they, and they, they marketed it as building self-esteem and self-respect. Interesting. Um, yeah. And to a degree, it, it did, you know, I did see some fairly remarkable kind of transformation. It does give, it did give and it does give people a lot of sense of kind of, you know, they can do something in a bad situation. It gives them tools to be able to, to, to do that. But I also saw... The fragility on the other end, but some of the, the the instructors, the more kind of crazy instructors, who they they started to define themselves by this intense kind of aggression and violence, and and that was I found I I didn't like it so much, and I I left after a while because I felt it was it was kind of like a cult. It became it was becoming a kind of a a cult of aggression. Um, and that to me doesn't s- signify self-respect. So yeah, it's interesting because. Um yeah, I, I, <laughs> it's interesting because on one hand, like, yeah, there's a very, I think, appropriate skill set there, there oh, yeah. from what you described. But yes, I can imagine that if you're using that, which it could really be any vessel, right? Like it could be, you could use anything to kind of pour your, your, your sense of self into. And then once mm-hmm. you come in second or you don't, you're not, you don't do as great as you were doing before or you what, get what injured. Happens? Yeah then you're like, well, who am I? What what am I about? This is what I've hung on to. And mm. and so specifically with, you know, the idea of a warrior mindset, um, Jung talked to the psychologist, he had archetypes and I'm gonna, not going to, I don't, I don't know them offhand, but, but his whole point was different archetypes need to be integrated and that when one looms over the other, there's an unhealthy balance. So, you know, there was, for example, the heat, you know, there's a healer, there's, mm. a, there's a healing nature we have. There's a um, royalty or, you know, um, kind of justice, fairness bringer kind of mindset. We have mm. warrior as one of them. So so tenacity in the face of adversity. Mm. Um, healer, I think I mentioned, is, is you know, kind of the, the nurturing element. Mm. Um, and then, tr- you know, a joker or a trickster element of, mm. of a kind of ability to kind of dance with the chaos of life and be okay and smile mm. at it. You know, mm. And to see kind of the underlying, you know, humor, humor and yeah, 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 and to not take it all too seriously. And so his whole point was like, when one archetype dominates, yes. yeah, then you have an unhealthy balance, and that yeah, and that goes from from self esteem 
self respect to ego. You know, that or or you know, or whatever it is in the extremity. You know. Right. You, you, I've seen people who are incredibly empathetic and spend a lot of their time helping other people to the detriment of themselves. Oh, or or you know, there's oh, <clears> like <throat> comics who get themselves in trouble because for them humor is the ultimate end and anything is fair game to the point where all their other kind of they are almost like nihilistic in their approach to comedy. To comedy, yeah, and you see that a lot with comedians. You do see that a lot with comedians who are clearly not psychologically well. Yeah. And and the whole, you know, their life then becomes a kind of performance art. Yes, like, like their whole worldview is wrapped up in just a laugh. Right, yeah, right, right. The, yeah. And that's why it's quite, yeah, comics say a lot of them are fairly, I know quite a few comics, <laughs> and a lot of them are quite depressed, in, in, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, because they've developed a world, yeah, they've developed like a whole persona based on that. And yeah, I mean, I, I guess it is the sort of the, 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 the balance between all of them as, as everything is in life. But um, I do think that in our society we have become, um, there is a kind of a lack of, um, what would be the word for it? Like pressure. There is a lack of, there are no rites of passage anymore. Yeah. There are no challenges. There are no, um, you know, uh, things that other cultures would deem extremely important. Like my uh, my fiance's dad was um, he grew up in Paraguay and when he I think he was turned eleven or something he was he's he like right you were off into the jungle for the night had to spend the night in the jungle you know mm-hmm. where there are jaguars around right you, know, you, you could have died you know right. but that was his rite of passage you know that was his becoming a man you know um, and I don't think we have any of that stuff for for men or women at all. Yeah, surely not integrated into our society. I think there's been... I think women more so because of, obviously, because of childbirth. Uh-huh. You know, ch- childbirth is a is, is a, a very, very... Um, not that I would know anything about childbirth, but from what I understand... No, but know, surely it, it recasts you... You know, nature essentially recasts your entire sense of priorities and about not being about you anymore, fundamentally. Right, right, right. And, and, and the process itself and the kind of giving birth thing is so painful and grueling that and the, yeah. you, know, you get such an intense connection with the child. And but this, this poses an interesting question um, of do you necessarily need that? I mean, you, you, you surely don't necessarily need... Uh, that is one thing, that, that's, a, that's one way where nature kind of kicks you in the Pro- butt. And, and some people you. fight even that too, right? Some people remain quite infantile even in spite of the pure physical biological act of you know re, you know having children essentially mm. I would I would say as a general observation I would I would say less so than men you know uh-huh. you, you, I I don't know too many mothers who don't really take responsibility for their own mm-hmm. children you know I mean it's mm-hmm. quite a kind of um you, you know I I think that women generally are, are have a higher level of maturity than than men, as I've seen. Yeah, probably. And true. I think maybe uh, that that might have something to do with it. You know, that 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 kind of that whole childbirth when it's removed from the male population, when when men don't have anything, where they're put under extreme duress, where they're forced to, you know, cause you can die in childbirth. You know, you can that can be the end of it. You know, and you come through that, come out the other side of it, you're going to be a changed person completely. You know, you've gone through something. You've given life to 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 something else now as well. You've sacrificed uh, and your your own physical health. 
but what do men have to do these days? Yeah. Not much. Yeah, there was an interesting, uh, uh, um, you know, period of, I don't I forget if it was the 70s or 80s, but, you know, the men's movement tried to kind of, it was a whole movement of trying to create those rites of passage. Mm. And it was all about, some of it was going out into the woods and, and trials of sorts and kind mm. of tests. And it was all about male bonding and... Um, but I think I think that kind of like, you know, it, it became almost like a, now a parody or a satire. Like you can kind of like, like it's not, it wasn't, you know, integrated in any kind of serious sense. But I think it was at least an acknowledgement that there's this gap, mm. um, where we don't we don't have that process of maturation. We don't we don't. Yeah, because it is. There's there's something there is. You know, nature intrudes in, in, into into culture. And says, "All right, here's a f- very physical thing that's going to happen to you." And and for for men, that doesn't, you know, tribal societies, that's normal. You put your hand in, you put your hand in a glove full of deadly ants, you know, or full of poisonous yeah. ants or something, and you know, and you have to deal with that pain for two days. Yeah. Yeah, I think that uh, that would be like childbirth. You know, that would right. be probably something akin. I to think having some people children. go to the services for that. I think some people do join the armed services th- hoping at least or thinking that that might yeah. be a all martial arts martial all, arts is, a, martial yeah, arts, is another example sports or, or um, you know or getting in fights when, when I got into fights when I was a kid I just got I just couldn't understand why but I, I got into a lot of fights I did martial arts but I never did martial arts um, very very seriously until I was later on in my teenage years mm-hmm. I did it reasonably seriously as a kid, but I think that maybe had I been 13, 14 and been put into, you know, like for somebody like me, maybe going into boxing, like a boxing match or kickboxing fight, something like that would have been good for me at that age rather than it coming out randomly in the playground and, yeah. and you know, it was a nightmare as a student and mm-hmm. whatnot. So perhaps that would, you know, but we that isn't part of British culture. That isn't part of British culture. And I haven't seen that in America either. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm sorry, go ahead. Yeah, no, I, I think uh, I, another thing that comes to mind, which is that I don't think um, we don't... I'm wondering, like, if to what extent... you know, it, I think the gap is... We're not, we don't really have ready models to follow. There's no ready paths. There's no clear... You know, the kind of gift and curse of our society is that you can pretty much do what you do want. Do what you want. You can choose your own... Yeah. If you want to choose the right of passage, you That's can right. do it. That's yeah. right. It's like, choose your own adventure. Mm-hmm. But So some of them, you know, if you can... If you have the kind of kernel of kind of self-knowledge and, and kind of to develop it and seek it out it's there mm. for you but you know the point of this stuff is that n- most people can't figure it out on their own right know? that's why you need teachers you need mentors you need to come and the elders you know yeah. the priestly class whatever it is it's like you need people to show you the way because it's also part of the hero's journey that there is a mental yes yeah. there's, there's a, or at least a contact with the hero on on their own is stuck Mm. They can't figure it out, and they mm. need someone to show them the path. Mm. You know, be it a mystical, you know, agent or 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 whatever. Somebody has to show you something beyond what you see in front of your eyes all the mm. time. Right. No, I, I think I think that's completely correct. And um, this is again, this is going to be something that we'll talk about in a future episode. But you know, um, I've written about this before as well with my experience with. Uh, plant medicines you know with um what we would refer to as psychedelic with psychedelics but in tribal in indigenous cultures in peru and in the amazon 
um, they can be regarded as a rite of passage. You know, the, these these experiences that you go through, which are immensely challenging, are seen as kind of like a rite of passage. You know, and I've I have I've gone through I've gone through that, and I can attest to that being that it that was a rite of passage, mm-hmm. and that profoundly changed who I was as a person and. Um, it was, you know, the hardest thing I've ever done in my whole life, and the best wow. thing I've ever done in my whole life, and the hardest thing I've ever done in my whole life. Wow. Um, which I didn't realise when I was getting into it. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't think it was going to be that difficult when I, when I did it. But it was. I got through it, and that, you know, that has built a level of self-esteem, or, 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 or that's it's kind of boosted my self-respect almost. You know, I would say quite significantly. I, I I've always been. It had fairly high self-esteem anyway. I think just my parents were, were kind of instilled that and they made me go and do things when I was, you know, they would like tell me to go and play outside and send me off to like adventure holidays and mm-hmm. had to kind of do a lot of stuff on myself. Uh, but this was on another level of, of I'm like, well, if I can get through that, because some of it wasn't very pleasant, but, yeah. but, but having gone through some of the worst you know, face my own demons, like seriously my own demons, like then having gone through that, it's like, okay, well, you know, what else could some, what else could life chuck at me that could be, what could be harder than that? And I can't, I can't think of anything that could be harder than yeah. that. You know? Because it's funny you say that because in a way, all demons are your own demons. Yes. Because going back to kind of the sense of who you are, regardless of what happens to you, mm. really what matters is your own response to it. Yeah, it's it's yeah. your it's your own response to these difficult situations, and I think that um, like uh, ayahuasca, for example, would be would be an example of that's going to show you, you know, that's going to sh- rather than kind of meter it out over decades of you, you know what I mean, dealing with your own bullshit. That's going to show you in five hours, kind of just what you are, yeah. you know, and how you what just what you are as a person and how you relate to your environment is mm-hmm. going to show you in no uncertain terms. Mm-hmm like where you've gone wrong and that you know there isn't that much of it in 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 western society i don't see that kind of you have therapy but it's a lot of the therapy is kind of you go and have a nice chat with with uh with someone and, and um they talk about your problems yes yeah, it's, it's funny because i think i think a lot of spiritual work whatever you want to call it and kind of however you want to define it in in our society is focused around it's almost like a kind of spiritual spa or sauna it's it's all about kind of being a cushion making things calm and kind of soft and easy mm. whereas you know going back to martial arts martial arts was partly developed well certain strains of martial arts certain elements of martial arts were developed so to for primarily spiritual religious people to be in enough shape to undertake the physically demanding task of dismantling the self, the ego, mm. and kind of sitting with themselves, yeah, figuring it out. That makes complete sense, you know. And I would say that that the further I've gone in martial arts, the more you, it becomes not really about an opponent, but about you, because there's always going to be someone that can kick your ass, you know. As long as I've trained in martial arts, there has always been someone who's better than me. Always, there's always been someone I'm better than, you know. Um, I wouldn't want to be the best at what I'm doing. I wouldn't want to be the best fighter in the world because you would you wouldn't learn anything. And also, you know? that's never a fixed position. Yeah. It's never a fixed yeah. position. You know, I might be you know I I I'm an instructor. I might be the best in my class, but at some point, you know, my some one of my students is going to get the better of me, 
at some point I'm going to be too old to to kind of compete properly, you know. Right. And you've got to be sort of ready for that. You've got to have enough self-esteem to kind of manage that. That's why I think you've seen a lot of kind of fake martial arts that don't really pressure test each other. You get these, it becomes a kind of an ego thing and you get these martial arts masters who have never really been in a fight before but they've got a black belt in their given style and then they, you know, on the rare occasion they might get challenged themselves with a real fight, someone who can really fight and they come unstuck badly. Mm-hmm. There's a really terrible video of a, a Kiai master, I think it was like a Kiai master who had, who was supposedly like he could stop people without hitting them and he, with the sound of his voice and like with, by like psychically stop people attacking him. So he does this, there's a video, he does this demonstration and all these, all his students run, you know, run at him and he looks at them or like shouts, like that and they all drop down when they get within, you know, five feet of him or whatever it is. Then what happens is that he says, you know, anybody in the audience want, does anybody in the audience want to come and fight? So the, guy who does full contact karate comes out you know it's a young guy probably in his late 20s or early 30s comes out and this is an old you know this is an old guy and he's probably in his 50s or maybe in his 60s and uh, it's just horrible it's horrific like the karate guy just beats the living crap out of him you know punches breaks his nose smashes his teeth out you know what I mean? Yeah, and it's just it, I mean it's hor- yeah, it's really yeah, horrible to yeah. watch but it's it, it is a sort of this guy has He's developed an ego yeah. over his. I'm not saying he deserved that, but he's been conning. You know, he conned his students. He conned, he's been well, conning himself. himself. Yeah. He con, he's yeah, conned himself for yeah. decades, yeah. thinking that he has a, some sort of yeah, magical power, powers yeah. that he doesn't. You know, and he's kind of exposed the reality. Kind of exposed. Yeah, he had an annoying way of like injecting itself into his his like his version of his fantasy. You know, he unfortunately. Allowed reality to get in the way of that, and it and it was not kind to him at all, you know, and that's that, I think that is a danger that you see. It, I think in our, our you know that's kind of a metaphor though for our society really. Our society is it just promotes a lot of a lot of ego and stuff like that. It gets gets rewarded. Um, yeah, and also I would say that that we um, and this is true of all of us in our personal lives. Uh, the mark of maturity, or the the mark of perhaps like knowing a good signpost for being on the journey of really developing a core solid sense of self-respect and who you are and a true self with a capital T and a capital S is um, is a readiness to be challenged, mm. to be to be okay with being challenged mm. in your thoughts, in your way of living, mm. your worldview, your perspective, you know, so not beyond just the physical, like just a readiness to be challenged. And, and so I find... Actually, I can I can see different manifestations of what you're talking about in different ways mm. of people who you know are have drank their own Kool Aid and kind of boxed themselves out from being having having their ideas and who they are and the way they live mm. be tested in any way. Right. Yeah. I'm. So, I mean, I'm so myself. I'm always really worried that at some point I might start believing my own bullshit. You know. That's always been a worry of mine that, for whatever reason, I start you start thinking of yourself as some, I don't know, I run a website, I teach martial arts, I do a podcast, that kind of stuff. It's quite easy for them, for them, people to, and I've noticed it on a very very small scale about what that 
that could potentially do to someone. Because I've put myself up as on a pedestal. I've put myself up and said, look, I'm a thought leader or something. Why my opinions actually mean something. You know, when I write, having, you know, because I write, I therefore must think that what I'm saying, and I put it out in public, what I'm saying must be relevant, it must be important. You know, I think that's a dangerous kind of route. You know, you can, you can always um, start thinking that your opinions actually mean something. You know, it's interesting. So, so I think that the thing that always is is when when you have the power that's entrusted or, or gifted, when you are, um, say a what is healing, right? So, mm. so, so, what's the difference between when a healer becomes a cult leader? Okay. Yes. And the difference yes. I think is this: is that the healer makes it about service to others so that others can be leaders unto themselves to themselves yes and the yes. cult leader craves and cloyingly grasps onto the power asymmetry between themselves and their followers yes and that that's the da- that is the huge danger you know because it can go from self-esteem to narcissism and the line between self-esteem and narcissism is a fine one you know it can be it's and it's a dangerous one and i've seen so many people cross that line and start believing their own bullshit, you know, and that is very, very, very dangerous. So I think that the, the kind of self-diagnostic that's helpful is to always doing, running yourself through that self-inquiry of, am I, like, pressure testing your own ideas and pressure testing your own mm. perspectives, mm. and the best way to do that is to put yourself in those situations where you have to really scrutinize and think about, okay... I believe this. Is it valid? Is mm. it? Is it? You examine the same thing from multiple different angles, and you have to be fearless to be changed. Mm. And I think that's what we don't have enough of in the world, and and you know beyond our own society, beyond our own, just to be human. I think we, mm. we one of the greatest, toughest callings is the readiness to 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 be changed. That one day, that maybe you will realize that actually your path is completely different than what you thought, and to. Mm. undertake that with fearlessness and to be okay with that Mm. and i think that that's a tremendously big ask and it's very hard but i think that that is being comfortable and okay with that is what ultimately frees you from all the other stuff that is very brittle you know like power status all the all these things all the things that we think are actually where it's at Mm. that those are the prizes to be had lead you astray Mm. because you 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 ultimately want things to remain in stasis the same and the same and you get comfortable and and this is who i am yeah. and it's like i built myself and this is kind of i'm happy with who I am. and then you get self-gratifyingly happy and you sit on your laurels and then you kind of and then and then you protect it mm. and you, once you've built your kind of you've got your you protect you know, that particular i mean it, sometimes it's worth protecting clearly sometimes it's worth protecting if you have i don't know say if you have a business and your business is not doing very well and you like you think you know holy crap this is not a good. I mean, it's happened to me. This happened. This has happened to me on multiple occasions when what I've been doing here is not working, and I've thought, you know what? I need to. I need to protect this. I need to do a lot better. Than, but than adapt. I, That's the key difference. I think. Y- yes. There's a difference between. But you know, there, yeah. there is a degree of like identity that I've wrapped up in kind of the stuff mm-hmm. that I've done. You know, it's part of who I am. I built this. This you know, I built this website. I built you know team I've like created something and that kind of stuff and, and like there is a lot of attachment I have associated with mm-hmm. that um, and uh, you, you know the prospect of losing it is a difficult one so it would be very very difficult for me to handle 
I think I'd ultimately, of course, I'd be okay. I'd still yeah. be me afterwards. But it, the prospect of that, yeah. And I, again, I remember a certain time when I thought, like, well, what happens to me after this if this disappears? Right. And that was difficult. And I and I I got I was okay towards after a difficult couple of weeks. I was okay with it. I was like, okay, look, if it's gonna fail, it's gonna fail. I think it's this is like it's easier said than done. We're all like kind of we're in a nice air conditioned room here. Mm. We're like you know you're not facing immediate deprivation. Mm. Um, but I think it's a healthy practice and exercise to run yourself through the what ifs. What if? What if lost. I was homeless? What if I yeah. came down with a debilitating disease? What if I was left without my family? Because these things have happened to people, and they will happen to. They people. will happen to people again. Yeah. It's like the, sto- it's the whole stoic thing, you know, the whole stoic philosophy, which was like being okay with pretty much any, any whatever circumstance you find in, you find yourself in being okay in that Absolutely. circumstance. Absolutely. There's, um, you know, my, this just a few days ago was the um, commemoration of the Armenian Genocide, and I'm the survivor of um, great, I'm the, my great-grandparents on both sides were survivors of the genocide, and they had whole families decimated, just, and yeah. you have to rebuild holocaust same deal we t- i think we talked about about mm. victor frankel i mean he lost his his wife and children in the holocaust and yeah. still found some reason to rebuild rebuild to go yeah. on again so mm. so i i think that it's it's very tough and then and then of course like there's a it's probably not the the, the healthiest mindset or perspective but the japanese samurai would run through a meditation of of essentially kind of losing everything because they were they had to train themselves to to, 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 to be in that mindset yes. where you lose everything yeah because they, that would make you the ultimate you know to life and death did not matter for you you were ultimately a servant and and even though that that life perspective is perhaps very unhealthy mm. i think from it comes a mindset that really is true whether you're facing you know horrible circumstances in your finances and personal life mm. or have a life debilitating disease the idea of Okay, after all this stuff is, after life is done and through with me, mm. what remains that is undivisible anymore and unextinguishable and uncorruptible? Mm. Like, what is that? Who is the, you know, eternal Ben? Who is the yeah. eternal Voskin? Who's the eternal, mm. you know? It's interesting, I was, I was listening to some, this, someone's um, retelling of, a, of an ayahuasca ceremony they went through. And uh, he was talking about... Um, the, during the ceremony, he ba- when he was under the influence of ayahuasca, it basically he went through this experience where he lost all of his family. You know, within away, the the journey, took away his wife, took away his child. They disappeared into nothing. Wow! And he went. I mean, I think you know, he kind of intellectually understood that this was not actually happening, but it was metaphorically happening to him you know he was going through the set he was going through those emotions yes of losing his his um his wife and his child and uh once he you know he went through a really dark 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 period of like you know what well, this is the worst thing i've ever experienced but then it the the experience, um, whether you want to call it the ayahuasca spirit or whatever it is, or the medicine, or whether it's his own mind projecting this, that's up to you. That's up to the listeners to decide what they think is going on. If you do some research on it, I have my own thoughts on it, um, none of which are set in concrete. But anyway, the experience showed him that it was showing him that um, this is what can get taken away from you, right? So you better enjoy it now. 
you know, because they're still here. They are actually, they're not dead. You know, right. your wife and child are still alive. So you better savour every moment that you, you have with them, you know. And I think that was a kind of a, he went through that process, like having going through that process of, of, of the sensation of losing every, everyone um, and coming back from it and realize, make, made him realise kind of, you know, what's valuable in life, what's the most important thing in life. But that's something that he experienced. So it wasn't something that he read about. It wasn't something right. that he listened to. It yeah. wasn't something that, you know, he saw on TV or right. was in a movie, you yeah. know. It was actually something that he physically went through. Yes. And, and the effects of that can be quite profound, yes. you know. And that's why I believe um, these, their medicine, these substances are medicines because they can have these type of effects on you. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 can, intellectually, I can intellectually understand and sympathize with, with that perspective because in a way, you know, on one level, it's like there's the imagining and that's troubling. And then you have a dream. You know, sometimes you have very vivid dreams and you yeah, wake up yeah, yeah, yeah. and those are much more... Real, in your yeah. bones than, yeah. than intellectualizing it and I can imagine that this is like a next far phase of, of yeah that's to me that's that's what the experience was for me was like the dream state but like you're actually it's actually happening to you you know so it's not it is as real as this as, as right. normal reality and probably more real right. so it's like an ultra reality right. so you're experiencing these things in this ultra reality or it's like a, whatever whatever you want to call it and that's why you know I, I these things are considered in the in Amazonian societies as being medicines because it, sh- it it's a spiritual or whether you want to use that word it's a way of well let's call it a psycho emotional uh, experience that you're having mm-hmm. and and that's why they've got it as a medicine right um, and yeah I mean you know I have I had similar stuff that happened myself but because because we don't people don't go through these kind of things in our society I think building up those unless life happens to them right you know unless it happens to them like you know somebody dies or you know whatever they get they go through a traumatic experience and most people do this it will happen in life that you go through these traumatic experiences but oftentimes the learn we don't really have a context for learning about what what do they mean right you know, what, what is losing a friend or losing a parent or losing a you know, whatever it is, going through a breakup. What do these things mean? Yeah. And I think maybe we've kind of lost a pers- perspective on that. Sure, and I think that um, it's better, I would advise and say, you know, for it's better to get that spiritual training done before mo- those moments are upon you because then you're, you, you know, otherwise you're basically after the fact left grasping for answers in the dark yes yeah exactly no i mean look i'm 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 embarking on another trip to the amazon mm-hmm. um uh, next month i'm going not to do i was going to do Huachuma, which is um a different medicine but one of the reasons i'm doing it is because because you know i'm, I'm about i'm getting married in later on in this year and you know um, entering a new stage of my life and i want to be um prepared for that you know, and I know what these medicine journeys can can do. I know how difficult they can be, but I feel it's something that I need to do to for the future. You know, to make me a better person in mm-hmm. going forward. To go and experience, you know, go through like a rite of passage or whatever it is that you want to call it, or something that can be extremely challenging. Um, just you know, for, for uh, because I think that otherwise, what's my day to day life is get up, you know, write. Go and have coffee. Go and have drinks with people. 
you know, do martial arts, which I love doing and stuff like that. But there's another, there's a whole other aspect of life, I think, that, that is, you know, it couldn't, it, and it doesn't have to be, I don't think it has to be going and doing ayahuasca or anything like that. It doesn't have to be that. It could be going, travelling. It could be going to a difficult place, you know. It could be going to, like, go, go to the, go to the a developing country, you know. Go and see how people live around the world that or even be. in your own community or even in your own community <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly you know you're going to see how some pe- people live um, and um, that can be in its in of itself a, a, a real challenge a kind of a but but ultimately beneficial yeah rather than pretending it doesn't happen you know and like oh we're just going to watch Netflix and I can watch a documentary on it no like you you know maybe you need to go and do something maybe you need to go and challenge yourself to go and get that benefit for yourself even though even though it's difficult you know like I've got like I always think about how doctors must be the most kind of uh, uh, in a lot of ways just imagine the amount of trauma and death they have to see on a daily basis and how perhaps that might be too much it might be too they might see too much of it you know it could be quite extreme my brother's a doctor and he says you know it does have an effect on people but you know they're living. That's why I think doctors are kind of revered in some ways as these like romantic characters, these right. romantic figures, yeah. because they, because they save lives and they, you know, they see trauma and you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, and so, if, but if you don't have a career like that, or you don't have a job, you know, or if you don't do anything in your your own personal life, I don't see. I think it's it's difficult. You know, it's going to be difficult to get that benefit unless you really go and do something. I'm a big believer in once a year going do something that's going to really like challenge you. You know what I mean? Really going to kind of rock your foundation yeah. of do like. You, I don't know where the quote is, but I don't know who said it, but it was something like do something that scares you every day. Yeah. I don't know about every day. What? <laughs> I don't know about every day. I can probably handle. No, it's not like it's not like te- that terrifies you, but but something that I should rephrase it. Something that makes you uncomfortable every day. You should yes. Do something that makes you uncomfortable. Uncomfortable. Yeah, whatever Within that. reason and safety, mm-hmm. obviously. But I'm saying, like, if you're afraid of public speaking, decide to take that, you know, presentation on or something. But the point is, like, trying to... Because you, you've done comedy, right? Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. Braver, than, braver man than me. Well, uh, yeah, it's terrifying initially. <laughs> but you know what's great about it? And I, rec- I recommend everybody take an improv class. At, you know, it's the easiest thing to do. They're in every single community, in every neighborhood. It's quite blown up. I could, I'm happy. Like, we should talk, actually, maybe perhaps do a separate... Um, you know, just talk about the benefits of, of, I think what, what improv brings, but, um, but yeah, absolutely. Like the, the most important thing you learn is inevitably you will bomb, inevitably you will fail, but you mm. will be alive. And eventually you learn to embrace those failure. moments. Exactly. You mm. learn to embrace failure. And, and Stephen Colbert actually said, who was actually an improv student for many years in second city, the, the Harvard Ivy league of of improv, he was. Uh, he always said, he said, L- learn to love the bomb. Like if I can just tell comics, one young comics, one point of advice, it's learn to love the bomb, because then, then you know, it's kind of what we were talking about. Like that, regardless of what the audience thinks about you, either high or low, you don't let it touch your innate sense of self worth. Mm. You know, mm. that's interesting because I I know that my mentality would be. Like I'm not going off on stage unless I know that I'm gonna be funny. But see, that's why maybe you should do it because because <laughs> because then the net right the net once it comes out from under you, you go through a couple of those moments where it's like oh okay something was off I Didn't was work. off the room was off 
Yeah. But then eventually you're like that, and that was okay. And I'll yeah. go back in there and be, and and then I'll try again. I'll do my thing, and then mm. and then you will find moments that for no reason that you can ever explain. Things are working. Things are falling into place. Mm. Your mind's in the right place. And so, so and that, that's do you feel that that's giving you a kind of a um, self esteem. I think that what it has done, absolutely. I think that what it has most importantly done is that I don't get hung up about the impact I'm going to necessarily have about, like, I don't get hung up in my head about how am I being perceived? Mm. Um, how are things that I'm doing or saying? It can affect you, but you, you'll be, you'll come through, you'll be like, okay, well, that's right. I felt a bit. Yeah. yeah. You, 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 you're, you're okay with the ebbs and flows. You kind of are, you, you don't, I guess what it has done for me is it's, it's broken that, that idea of a system of rewards and, punishments life is a system of rewards and punishments in a way of mm. like oh i do this thing and then i get approval for it or i do this other thing mm. and i get disapproval for it mm. you know i don't think of it has helped me develop a perspective of i don't care i'm just going to show up and do it anyway exactly on yeah. stage and sometimes it'll be perceived positively based on what you bring and sometimes it won't be and it has nothing really often to do with i mean obviously there's an impetus for you to show up and to hone a craft and the best comics are those who have learned to ride a wave like what mm. may seem to an inexperienced comic like becomes a tidal wave maybe mm. a heckler maybe they miss a beat maybe whatever the best comics just know how to smooth the rough patches because of mm. experience time and they'll see, they'll trust see a joke not going well and, and they'll be able to kind of figure out how to kind of go around it absolutely or maybe it's just the, the, the calmness they exude in understanding that something didn't go well and not get in their head about it and, and then just move on that's right yeah. and have the freedom the creative freedom to see other things happening around them and to look at the gifts and and i think that that's true for life too if you know if you're so hung up on the last thing that went right or wrong mm. then you're not there you're obviously not present so yeah i think it does goes back to that theme of of like what is self-esteem or what is self-respect it's it's having that ability to just move on, just say like, all right, I failed there. It didn't go very well, but I'm not going to get hung up about it. I'm going to move on. Right. Keep going. But keep going forward. Yes. You know, you keep going, you know, let it just destroy you. Yes. You know, it doesn't, you know, I think one of the key things to building self-esteem really is to recognise the stuff, recognise when something hurts, like something's like, you know, I messed that up or this didn't go very well. And realize that look, it's that's it was a test, you know. And what did you do with that test? Did you just fall apart, or did you say, okay, that was a test? <laughs> it's funny, like yeah, absolutely. I think like I find like it's very very. We're all human beings. We're all like going through like every single day. You're gonna have that moment where you're frustrated over the smallest thing, right? Mm. So some sorrow, or the wheel of suffering, whatever it is, like <laughs> right. It's like I mm. I'm just in a checkout line at Whole Foods, you know. And I'm just like in Washington D.C. and I just kind of need to get out of here, and you're just kind of like you know, shaking with impatience. Like, well, like we're all we all have those moments in our respective lives and our respective corners of the world. And I think that I'm trying to, as much as possible, to look at discomfort and things that are not working as opportunities to spiritually grow, get better at your Zen while you're all food shopping. That's right. In the mildest sense, it's like look. If I can't deal with this, yeah. this, then the then the kind of big waves that come in are going to really perturb Not my people. center. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know? yeah. I think that's a good, uh, a very good way of looking at it. You know, and it, I think there are. You know, if you use all the challenges, 
just it could be anything that's pissing you off. It could be any fact. Maybe it's your parents. Maybe it's your friend who pisses you off all the time. And you know, I was hanging out with a friend recently, and we we were arguing about stuff. And I remember in the past, I would I would um, when we were younger, much younger, I would get really kind of angry and be like, "Why does he say that? Why does he think that?" But this time, I was like. It's just a different perspective, you know? And right. yeah, I can feel the sort of irritation welling up. But I was like, okay, look, just, this is a test. You know, just yes, breathe. Totally. <laughs> breathe in, breathe out, just yeah. listen to what you're saying. doesn't mean anything. It's not going to, you know... Because I think that, that really... It's funny because we, we, we talk about peace, we talk about love, we talk about compassion. And I think those are... We have them flipped. We think that that's the soft, easy path. Mm. No, that's the tough path. That's the very hard, demanding path. To still the water when it's, when it's you know, mm. kind of brewing mm. is much, much harder than to just let it spill over. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's incredibly difficult, you know, to not react to things or to not react with anger or rage or, you know what I mean? That, that in itself is, that's the, you'll know that you're on the right path when you can take a situation that really pisses you off right. and then just be like, all right. Cast it aside, let it go. Yeah, I mean, like today, I want to give myself a little pat on the back. I mm-hmm. some I was being trolled on Twitter by someone <laughs> um, and I just, I said something back and then I blocked them on Twitter. Mm-hmm. I was like, I would block it and I, that person doesn't exist anymore, mm-hmm. you know? And that was like, maybe, maybe... Uh, a couple of years ago, I don't think I would have done that. I would have engaged in like an epic kind of Twitter b- debate with an idiot, yeah, and kept going because they pissed me off. But I found, at least today, I'll give myself a pat on the back today. I'm not saying yeah, I'm yeah. going to be good. I'm, it's not saying I'm going to forever. If you say if someone's listening to this and starts tweeting horrible things at me, yeah. you know, I might lose, <laughs> I might lose my zen and lose my self esteem and <laughs> and fight back. But but today, today I felt good about that. Celebrate the small things. Celebrate the small things. Yeah. So, well, listen, on, on that note, um, I think we're, we've done over, over an hour. Um, so, hey, thank you very much for listening, everybody. And um, again, if, uh, if you'd like to support what we do, uh, please uh, consider becoming a, a member. If you go to banterm.com, um, you can become a member of the Daily Banter. You get a, um, a uh, magazine. We have run a digital magazine every week. And you can you can get access to that, and you help support independent media, and get my time. Um, uh, obviously, goes into this podcast as well, and it allows me to do that. So, uh, if you like what we're doing, that'd be great. And if not, no worries; it's always going to be free. And uh, I hope you enjoyed the discussion today, and we'll see you next week. Bye, everybody. Take care.